"'Twas the weekend before E3, and all through the house, every creature was stirring, even the mouse. Yeah, I'm running around with my head cut off, just making sure that I, that I have everything packed correctly, and I don't leave, like, one battery behind. Um, in fact, while you do all that, I'm going to keep unpacking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Uh... I haven't even started packing. I had a a wedding for my sister-in-law yesterday and that took up my entire day. So I haven't, I haven't started packing or figuring out what I need to bring or anything. And we're supposed to leave, I think on Sunday. Our, I don't even have my flights booked. What? Oh, that's right. Cause yeah. you, you have special, uh, privilege. Um, uh, well, I'm flying standby. Um, still, uh, yeah, but. special privilege sounds terrible, though. What? I don't. I disagree with that. Uh, I mean, if we were to spell it out, we could spell it out. But I, I think calling it a privilege that 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 definitely puts you above the rest of us who have to either a pay for it ourselves or 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 b are lucky enough to get the company to pay for it. But you. You have a privilege that uh, you have. Yeah, you have but it in. still it means I can like get bumped off flights and like there, there's goods and bads. Yeah, and I'm very yeah. happy. I will take the goods over the bads because it doesn't really bother me to stay in a airport for a while. Like that doesn't mean much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope I make it before the Xbox media briefing because I'd really like to watch that with my friends. But you never know. You never know how it's going to happen. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Well, either way, you'll be in my heart while I'm at the event. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mister. I got a pass to the event. Ugh. Yeah, because well, uh, I don't even want to get into it. I I'd rather use my media pass to to do that as well as get into the other media events from like Bethesda and Sony and stuff like that. Because, you know, as as easy as it is to watch all these events online like, like you're going to do, um, it is still kind of cool to to hear the roar of the crowd and the excitement and, 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 and the energy that other people have of, uh, you know, other competitors and other things that are going on. I'll tell you, I've, I've gone twice to the media briefing back in 2013 and 2014, and that was... That was amazing. Like, wow. It was so powerful. Yeah. I mean, definitely 2013 when that's when they officially, officially announced the Xbox One. Uh, That must have been an interesting, like, experience because, you know, you're in an event. You're super excited about it. And everybody around you is pretty much super excited because if we're being honest, everyone around you is either a fan of the company or, or works for the company in some uh, uh, frame or fashion. But then you leave the event hall and you check Twitter and all these people are angry about something. It's like, (laughs) what did I miss? (laughs) Yeah. I've never like be happy for a split second. Jeez. No, no, Quentin, you cannot be happy because this is a multi-billion dollar company and they aren't doing exactly what I want them to do. <laughs> because I well, am you know right. What they say. I if I know what I'm talking about, apparently. Well, you know what they say. It sucks to suck. Yeah. 
Well, actually, you're the first person that I've ever heard say that, and uh, I'm going to adopt that. But yes, it does suck to suck. <laughs> Regarding games, um, you know, you and I are on Mixer off and on. Uh, you stream way more than I do um, because I have, an, I have an upload issue with the streaming uh, service with my ISP. But uh, there, there's Mixer, there's Twitch, there's Cinnamon. I mean, there, there's a bunch. Um, and good old Facebook they're they're trying to get into this world uh they've actually launched a gaming hub uh pretty much equivalent to what twitch and mixer do you know you, you choose the game that you're going to stream i'm assuming you could do it uh pretty easily especially if you have a black magic box going from your xbox or your playstation but um yeah that the, all the eyeballs the over over a billion eyeballs that are on facebook they want you to stay there and not leave to watch your favorite streamers play their favorite games. Uh, I brought this to you before, and you said this is stupid. Why, why is that stupid? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. I <sighs> is it Facebook, like Facebook as a whole that you're not? No, because it, it's well. Okay, I'm not the biggest social media person. I don't post a lot or anything, sure. but. It just seems like it's it's like Call of Duty doing a battle royale mode. It's like you're just trying to bandwagon. You're just trying to jump in on everyone else. Like especially when we look at Call of Duty for a sec- second, like you're you're bandwagoning. You, that is not your type of game by any means. You are you are very much you know close range. You are very much small teams. Like you are not the uh, person I think about when I think about. A battle royale mode right okay right so we look at facebook and facebook you know they have facebook video they have um obviously you know regular facebook use but for gaming like that is not what i think of for facebook i mean obviously they have the uh facebook integration for games where you know you have your bejeweled and whatever right mm-hmm. you have those and you can integrate with your facebook so you can you know have leaderboards with your friends and blah 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 Super fun. Great. Awesome. But it's unneeded. Why? It's it's not it's we already have these services. Go away. You're you're spreading it out too thin. Okay. Um so 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 to to that point I would say uh why why did you know in the beginning why would Amazon have bought Twitch? They do every. They have self-driving cars. They have rockets. I mean, they're not Amazon. They're Jeff Bezos. But I'm sure Amazon could figure out how to take advantage of rockets. Um, they have the largest shopping mall in the Western Hemisphere. Um, they have digital books. They have uh, other streaming services. I mean, why? Why would they jump in, or why would they go into in, in, into gaming? when they themselves really have, you know, when you think of gaming, you don't think of Amazon. I mean, now you do. So, I mean, that argument could be pretty much set for, I mean, you could say that about, about Mixer and Xbox. Why would, why would, did we buy Beam when it's so far, and this is my opinion, it has nothing to do with the company, but why would we buy Beam when it's so far behind Mixer? And when you go to GDC, the game developer conference there's a 
there the the whole not booth the whole event center is covered in twitch marketing and the microsoft booth is the only place where you see something that says mixer so why would we even why would we bother so you you could you could say that argument about any of these companies well the way i look at it is like mixer Mixer brings value, right? Like you, you talk about Mixer and you say, okay, well, it it's another streaming service. Great. Well, it has things that Twitch doesn't have. Like it has, you know, game-specific features. It has like uh, the faster-than-light service. Like there's some things it does that are really cool. Whereas when you look at Facebooks, from what I can see, there's it's just bandwagging. Like there's no... There's nothing about it that is intrinsically it other than, look, you're streaming on Facebook instead mm-hmm. of these other places. But all like, these features they that you're referring they don't to bring that anything... has, they came afterwards. Right, but, like, uh, I don't know. It It still just feels like they're just me too. Okay. Like, so... they, they just, they're your, your social media network. You do good at your social media network stuff. And you're having problems also with your social media network stuff. (laughs) Maybe you should focus just on your social media network stuff. So so Facebook is doing a lot um, to try and reinvent themselves. Um, And I I know just in this past week, they've had a couple of um, public relations debacles regarding older APIs and, and things like that. But when it comes to like the uh, the idea where people just go to Facebook and they do everything on Facebook, they're doing this gaming thing. They're also uh, opening it up to creators and uh, existing creators, specifically like news creators, to that which like if you were a um, like an Anderson Cooper, I think he's actually one of them. That not only can you watch Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes or CNN, but if you're on Facebook, he has a new show on Facebook. So the idea is I'm already on Facebook. I'm already liking that picture of the gorilla holding the kitten because it's super cute. And then there's breaking news, and there's Anderson Cooper talking about the breaking news, and I don't have to go to CNN.com. I don't have to go anywhere else. It's all within Facebook, and it's curated within Facebook. And, of course, because Facebook has that live chat capability, then I can chat or just watch the the public outcry of, of what's going on. And that idea is very similar. I mean, if, if, um, if, if they were to do something like Hype Zone that they do in Mixer, which is awesome— um, and you wanted a, not- a notification every time your favorite streamer got into a hype zone-like situation on Facebook, uh, that would allow you to still be engaged with that streamer at the crucial point of those games, whether your initial purpose to go to Facebook was to watch gaming or not. And I, I think Facebook... As a whole, while they do have such a negative connotation, I mean, I've pretty much given up on Facebook as a social media, so I am not a Facebook apologist whatsoever, but I see why they're doing this, um, and I and I see where the potentiality can go. The downside is very much what you said, is that they are a me too at this point, and a lot of other streamers are going to see them be a me too. The only way that they will be a, be less of a me too and more of a place where 
people like you and me or new streamers will go to Facebook is if it's if it's much easier to set up, sign up, and also if they do have the the creators that you want to follow. If they don't, then it's it, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna thrive. This is definitely one of those things where it's not about the platform. It's about who's on the platform. And if nobody that we care about is on the platform, no one's going to watch the platform. You know, when I do occasionally watch Mixer, I have no... There's no creator that I follow. Like, other than, like, obviously yourself and or something. Someone that I know and I just want to see, oh, what's, you know, what's Tony up to? That kind of thing. There's no such thing as a creator that I specifically am like, well, yeah, so-and-so is on. I want to watch them. Um, and I, I'm curious how many people are like that where they just they watch to watch and not necessarily like a specific person of like, yeah, this person, this person is awesome. I think the, the hype zone, personally, I think the hype zone was uh, built for me <laughs> or for my type of person. Not, not for me. That sounds terrible but like it is built for my kind of person where it's like i don't really care who i'm watching i just want to see cool stuff and so the hype zone is just perfect where it just swaps between well i don't think we've ever explained what the hype zone is so it like for PUBG, for example it'll swap between people who are getting down in like the top five people left and so you get to see the person either get the chicken dinner or die trying right and so it's not you know 30 minutes of watching someone loot and play Looting Simulator 2017. It's actually really cool stuff. I, I think the the other aspect of the hype zone uh, is that it increases the amount of nerves that certain streamers have. Because there are people like you that can you you can crush it no matter what, whether people are watching or not. But then there are people like me where if there's only two people watching me, I could maybe get that chicken dinner. But the second I somehow get into the hype zone and there's 200 viewers and my chat room just starts going ballistic because everyone's in the hype zone, that's when my palms get sweaty. I start making mistakes. I go left instead of right. And then <laughs> and then I get all the trolls saying that I suck. But it, it, it is, it's just one of those exciting things that makes the idea of watching somebody else play a video game makes it that much more exciting. I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, the, you and I, in our day job, we constantly have to say to people why Mixer is potentially better than Twitch. We have so many reasons. You've, you mentioned a few of them, the faster than light. Um, that, I mean, that's the um, FTL is super important. Um, and so maybe, maybe like three, six, uh, six months, a year from now, there will be a reason why Facebook and their FB.GG, which is a terrible URL, by the way, um, why that's not really the URL, is it? FB.GG, Facebook.GoodGame. Oh, oh, please stop. (laughs) That is... That's awful. <laughs> I didn't choose it. You, you go talk to Marky Mark. He's his his whole team decided that. But I'm 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 just saying that it's one of those things. That, like Twitter did the same thing. Twitter is trying to find relevance. Like Twitter is a cluster f of negativity. And if you're like me, you try to only follow the positive people. 
And but it's it's just a hodgepodge of just what the heck is Twitter all about anymore? And so that's why when uh, Twitter started doing these things with Periscope, when they bought Periscope, bought or created, I forget, and they bought Vine. Uh, they're trying to figure out a way to really diversify the video component of using social media. And Twitter has their own new show. Twitter shows um, Thursday night football games, or at least they did. I don't know if they do anymore. Um, and, and that aspect is really cool because you can watch things simultaneously with other people. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I think that at first people were a little bit skeptical of that um, from a technological standpoint, also from a moral standpoint. But in the mm-hmm. end, I mean, people that use the live Twitter function to watch these news shows or sporting events and uh, commentators and things like that, it works for them. So I'm, I'm going to be of, this, of the mind that while I don't approve or rather while I don't necessarily support what Facebook does and what they do in the, in the dark corners of their humongous campus, um, I think this business move could potentially be very lucrative for them. However, they just need to get the right people involved. Yeah, I I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like, okay, talk to me, talk to me in a year or two when you know you've kind of figured out the bugs, you've figured out what you're doing with your life. Like, talk to me in a, a few years when you've got like some features where I'm going to be like, wow, that's yeah. impressive. Because right now I'm saying, wow, you are like everyone else. (laughs) So roughly two years ago, um, there was a mass shooting and they, I think they killed the, the shooter and he ended up having an iPhone and it was locked. And I can't remember if it was like the FBI, but I think it was the FBI. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the FBI took that phone to Apple and said, we need you to open this phone. And Apple said, we don't have a way to open this phone. Right. And they said, okay, fine. You need to create a way of opening this phone. And Apple said, no, we will not create a way to open this phone. That sets a bad president. Like if we say there's a way to do it, then people will, you know, say, okay, well then I'm going to figure it out and it's going to, uh, compromise the security on everyone's phone. Like we're absolutely, absolutely not doing that um and they got this in this huge fight with the government um i can't remember exactly what ended up happening i think the government gave up well essentially what happened was that the fbi went to a i would say a white hat hacker group or whatever you want to call them maybe gray hat hacker group but they paid just a lot. They paid a little under a million, uh, nine hundred thousand dollars, to unlock the shooter's phone. They didn't go to Apple. They went to another company. Um, I can't find the name of the other company right now. But whatever the case is, they were able to unlock the phone. And I think at the end of it, it was they they didn't really find anything too incriminating on the phone. Um, so it was this whole debacle of Apple being so strict about security and privacy and things like that. And the FBI saying, well, screw that. We want to have the back door. And then the American public saying, well, now hold on. And then in the end, even though they were able to force the back door open by paying $900,000, it was moot. 
Well, the reason I bring it all up is uh, recently Apple has announced that one of their features on their phone uh, does not allow for that to happen anymore. If the phone hasn't been used for, and you can set a custom time if I'm looking at this correctly, uh, but the default is seven days. If the phone hasn't been unlocked in seven days, it disables the USB port on on the phone itself. So... No matter what you do, if you plug it into anything, it just no, it's non-functional. It doesn't even recognize it as plugged in. Right. And this is going to supposedly help a lot with security on phones, and I just wanted to get your opinion on it. <sighs> a sigh, really. I thought you'd be a lot more for it. So Apple is basically hammering even that additional couple of nails in their, not coffin, but on their door against the governmental zombies trying to break down the wall and eat their brains. That's <laughs> one way of looking at it. Yeah. I, I see the, the advantage of what Apple is trying to do. Um, I think there there's there can be some backlash. Like with anything, there's always going to be backlash. Like that one time where they, you know, there's a 12-year-old who's missing, for example, and you find their phone and maybe you can get into their phone to look at their iMessages, to look at their last text message and there's no way to get it, there's no way to unlock it. 7 days comes and there's nothing, completely nothing that they can do to potentially locate this missing child. And as a parent, that would destroy me because I would then call Apple and say, Apple, I need you to do this. I've, you know, like I've got the, the weight of the world on my shoulders and I've got the support of all these hundreds of thousands of people online saying, you guys need to help me fix this. And they, and Apple's response is, sorry, it's part of the operating system. I would not accept that. That would just, I, I would be devastated. So that's where I see it from a parent standpoint, especially a parent of someone who's 14. He has his own phone, you know, and uh, yeah. But on on the other side, I can definitely see this being, you know, of a beneficial use case because then, you know, if you are somebody in a situation where having your phone able to be unlocked by these third-party unlockers from Cellbrite or from other companies like Key, then now you don't ever have to worry about it. Or, not never, but for, for, for a time, you won't have to worry about it. Well, also my thought with the whole like kids thing, like they have stuff already set in place. Like the the first thought I'd be was hopefully you took the time when you gave your kid a phone to set it up properly. So you have the master password, basically like your kid can set up his own password all he wants, but you still have, you know, override for that. Sure. I have, but how many families do you know that have done that? You know, I mean, I I've seen it in the wild where, the parent will turn to the kid and say, unlock your phone. I want to see what you just posted. You know, with, with my son, I don't have to do that. I just unlock it myself and I see what he just posted. (laughs) 
but most parents <laughs> most parents don't aren't tech savvy enough to do that so i think in the grander scale of things in a situation where the safety of the child is at the utmost paramount uh focus uh having the ability to unlock it no matter what the cost I, uh, you know, as as quickly as possible, and even if it does take more than seven days to do it, just because of logistics and stuff like that, you know, then then that fundamental capability should still be available somehow. You know, when I uh, when I was in cell phone uh, sales and I would in customer service, I would have people come back and say, "Well, this happened to my phone, and this happened, and this happened," and my first response was. Like, oh, well, actually, you can prevent yourself from having that happen. You just have to do take these one, two, three steps. And majority of the time, the parent was like, well, I never knew I could do that. So I, I don't think people are prepared enough, especially with, with this particular uh, hypothetical situation that I'm, that I'm coming up with. Like, I feel bad. I'd feel bad for the parent in this situation. But at the same time, like, my, my also response would be RTFM, like, during initial setup, I believe if you set the age under like, I think it's 15, it says like, hey, if this is a child's phone, you know, set up for parental controls, do this, that and the other for par- parents. Like if you're skipping that stuff, it's kind of on you. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is no longer Apple's fault for, you know, making a very secure phone. This is your fault for taking not taking the time to secure your child. This That's is true. not th- this, you cannot blame the company when they've given you the tools and you decided to skip them. Yeah, like no, this true. is one hundred percent your fault, and I, I'm sorry, but I, I kind of wouldn't like I've, I'd feel bad because obviously your child's missing. You know that is terrible, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, dude, you had the opportunity to you know set something in place that would prevent this. You're the one that also chose to not. Yeah, and I know for some for some people. You know, when it when it comes to things like RTFM and stuff like that, they they are programmed that when something pops up, you don't read it. You just find the I agree button and you hit that. Oh, my gosh, that. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, the, I've, I watch it happen all the time. The people people have, you know, things pop up on their phone. They're just like, I just press the OK button. Read it. Yeah. Read it. I had this. I had this one application. It was a, it was a it was a game that I downloaded on on my Android phone, and it asked for permissions. Like we need uh, access to your uh, your uh, your contacts and photos. Like why? For what reason do you need access to my photo? This is why. And you know, of course, I denied access to those things, but I was still able to play the game. You know, so but but people are just so quick to just be like, yeah, just. Go, go, go. I don't, I don't care. Um, on the computer, it's worse because, you know, when you get a free, like free software like uh, CC Cleaner or Audacity, some, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you don't, you, you don't read through this. those things. And it's like, oh, we're, we're going to include two extra programs and yeah, give you the three free trial of the premium version little, and tiny little checkbox in the lower left hand corner that you have to really look for it. But it's there. No, I, I, I see I definitely see your point. I know we, we, we currently live in a landscape in a in this melting pot of trying to really balance security and safety. You know, public safety. 
mm-hmm. you know, and there there's people on the side like myself where I'm not paranoid, but I'm very, very careful about which Wi-Fi networks that I connect to. I, I use VPNs when I'm in when I'm in Starbucks and some people might think that's a little bit too much. I'm like, okay, well you can get your stuff hacked by that guy in the back corner. I'm not, you know, and, uh, but then there's also that, well, I would like the ability to be able to access the phone or access the computer or access this, this interface of technology from a legal standpoint should there be some sort of danger or should there be something to be worried about? But, but with this particular upgrade in place, that's going to make it that much harder. Now, the thing is, here's the thing. I don't know if you want to riff off of this though, but thing is, this is built by Apple and Apple's, um, Apple's built by humans or humans, whatever we're, (laughs) Humans, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so so anything that Apple puts into play security wise, I would say for the most part, it can be broken because Apple stated two years ago, we cannot unlock this phone. Now, the obvious answer is, yes, they can, but it goes against their terms and conditions. So now the question is, now that they have this software block in place, can someone unbreak the software? And I think the answer is, yeah. I mean, it's the it's the lock and key analogy, right? It's uh, no matter how strong your lock is, it's still just a lock. Like it can can be broken. It's just a matter of how hard is it to the, to make that lock. Like the, your house, for example. Like it's not hard to break into a house. It's just a matter of deterring the person to the point where they don't find it necessary or want to. I kind of think that goes with this whole iPhone thing in the same same way. It's it's the same thing. You you're just deterring the people to the point where it's not worth it anymore. I mean, I'm sure that ransom money basically for unlocking that phone uh, of nine hundred thousand dollars. Like, I'm sure that was just. You know, hey, we can do it, but uh, we're going to have to charge you this much. I'm sure it didn't cost them that much, but I'm still sure it also cost them a pretty penny to create that technology because it was so hard to do, right? It, can't, it couldn't have been someone just sitting there be like, huh, I bet if I, you know, hold shift while clicking on this, it'll work. Oh, look at that. Like, it's not that simple. According to uh, CNNTech.com back in February of 2016, they said, if Apple were to unlock the phone, it would actually have costed them about $101,000 in labor costs. But yeah, it, it, it was definitely uh, this surcharge from this other company to give them, you know, to say 900000 Because again, Apple doesn't want to set the president. Even, even though it's going to be $100,000, $300,000, $900,000, Apple doesn't want to be the company to say, we value your security until you offer us enough money, then we don't care about your security. So I, I, I see the line that Apple is trying to skate uh, with this. And uh, 
I guess this is just another, like you said, it, it is another lock. And if it's worth it to somebody, they will jimmy rig that lock open uh, as quickly as they need to and get paid as much as they need to to be able to jimmy rig it open. But yeah, I'm just I'm just glad that uh, it didn't go the other way, the opposite way where Apple could have been like, hey, so we value your security. But, you know, the NSA, we uh, we need to be we need to play fair with them. So we're going to give them a back door. But it's OK, because only we have the key. At least they didn't say that because <laughs> that would have been terrible. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to still hold true to the like your analogy is great with the kid, but. I'm sorry, if you're not setting up your kid's phone correctly, like your phone, your kid's phone is going to be treated like an adult phone and Apple's going to look at it the exact same way of, I'm sorry, you, you set it up as an adult phone. It is an adult phone. I'm, we are going to protect it like an adult phone. So I have kind of an interesting question that got proposed to me, uh, the other day. Go ahead. What would you do if you had enough money to not work? I'm a workaholic. Um, I would probably spend a couple of days Netflix binging, YouTube binging, and then maybe Amazon Prime binging. But then realize that uh, I haven't moved from my my bed or the couch, and this is really disgusting. <laughs> See, like priorities change as as you get older, not just because of you know, your interests change, but also, I mean, for, for me specifically, I have kids. So I, I feel like if, if we had enough money to never work, I would still need to set a precedent. I would still need to, to be that role model where I would need to do something, but it would have to be something that I do true, truly, truly enjoy. And I don't think I would necessarily be doing my day job right now but I love doing stuff with video. So I think that I would go back to school, whether it be online or in person, learn a little bit more from a technological standpoint and an artistic standpoint of how to better shoot and edit video and do something with that, you know? Um, Maybe even go back and buy a cello again and, and start playing cello again. You know, I just there's there's a lot of those for me, at least there's a lot of those little hobbies or interests that I said when I was younger, I want to be able to do this. So if I had enough money, I would be able to do it and support the family. What about mm-hmm. you? Um, I mean, the same thing, like for a few days, I'd just be sitting there just enjoying myself. But after a while, I'd get restless. Uh. I know I'd definitely get a lot more into photography again. If I've mm. got enough money to, you know, not work, I've got enough money to buy a few lenses, maybe a new camera. So I'd, I'd definitely get back into that, get to, back into going out and taking photos. Oh, I'd be driving a lot less, which would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd just get back into photography, Get maybe go take a photo editing class so I can learn a little better about what I'm doing. It'd be hard, though. Like, I, I'm kind of a workaholic like you. Like, I... I really enjoy what I do. And so it'd be hard to just be like, no, nah, I'm not doing that anymore just because. It's lonely to not work, right? I mean, because at least if you're working and collaborating with other people, you're interacting with other humans. 
But if you're, you know, you know, when you have a day off and all of your friends are at work and no one's playing online, you know, even if your wife's at work and you're home alone, it's great for a few hours. You know, you could sleep in, you could have ice cream in bed at 11 o'clock in the morning and no one, (laughs) no one gives a hoot. But then there's that lull where it's like, I don't know what else I can do. And that's what, that's how it would be for days. I mean, God, I would need to figure something out to just keep my mind going, you know? And, but, you know, have, having, having the opportunity to, you know, to, to really dig deep into something that I've always wanted to do with no reservation, no monetary restraints. Uh, that would definitely be exciting because then I would be able to expose that to my kids uh, and then hopefully, you know, set the precedent that, you know, all this, all the money that we have now, uh, whether it came from luck or, or from, from work or hard work, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you go out and buy fifty fifty $50,000 Rolex watches or, or multi-million dollar houses just to say you have the houses. Like, you can still do good for yourself, for your family, you know, give back to the community in one way or another. Yeah. It's, it's that like intrinsic need to be part of society and be part of something greater. Like you'd feel just like you're kind of wasting away. Yeah. When you know, like you are capable of so much more than just wasting away. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Like, there's obviously that dream of sipping Mai Tais on the beaches in the, in the Bahamas or something like that. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's still a dream of mine. You, you get a virgin Mai Tai. We just give you a Coke or something. Um, there you go. But, you know, even that, man, even that is like, that's, I, know it's, I know it sounds stupid, but that's too much paradise. You know, I don't. I wouldn't want to be slaved over, you know, and have people at my beck and call, you know, or, or the concierge being able to do all of the the arduous tasks for me so I can just enjoy enjoy everything. I mean, life is short, definitely. You should enjoy your time while you're here on this on this rock, but there's so much more out there than just you enjoying it for yourself. There's you know, I, I I get great enjoyment, you know, helping other people, whether the, accolade, uh, you know, accolade is there or not. Yeah, the whole notion of like an endless paradise is, I don't think pe- people really want it. Like people say like, I want that. I want an endless summer. I want to just relax forever. But it it, it also seems like people like to strive for something. And if you're not striving for something like you become depressed, you your interior self, your subconscious self strives for something. They want something. They want to want something. And like in a life without want, like you, I don't know, you, you, it doesn't seem like you'd have as much fun. You wouldn't be doing as much. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've gone to hotels for work or pleasure where there's that one other hotel guest that you can just tell has been there for way too long. 
They know all the <laughs> staff. The staff knows them by name. There's inside jokes or whatever. You know, it's like, do you live here because you can? Or is it out of necessity because you're getting your house remodeled or something? Like, what's the deal? Because go back to regular life because regular people, we're not all that bad. And I, I, I think it's a little depressing and a little sad to just always have to uh, show off the wealth to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to have three bottles of Dom Perignon sent to my room at, at, at one o'clock in the afternoon just because they can. Like, okay, no one asked you if you could. No one asked if that's even a possibility because no one cares. Just <laughs> let's come back. Let's let's take a bird watching class. I don't know. Let's let's do something together to, <laughs> just to do something together. Go fishing and just sit on the boat with other people and 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 talk about how you love or hate Trump and just just talk, you know. Don't get behind, don't mm-hmm. be a a keyboard warrior. Be a regular human being. And who knows? Maybe maybe from that something else will grow out of it. I don't know. But if you just stick by yourself and just stick to this fantasy land, then that's what life is going to be for you. And you're going to be missing out on all the other wonders of what could actually incur in your life. Well, then follow up question, since we're talking about like long term existence. If you could live forever, would you? No. Really? No. I think I think the idea of living forever and it's the same thing like you know I would I would like to live as long as I'm supposed to live on the on this rock but being that there is an expiration date means to me that I have to live every day to its fullest if if there's not an expiration date and I know that I'm not going to ever be hit by a car I know that I'm never going to get any kind of incurable disease I know that I'm never going to die uh you know, normally like a regular person, then I've got no deadline. And if I have no deadline, then at least for me, I have no strife. I have no purpose. You know, I could give myself this artificial deadlines like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this uh, by next year. But why? If I can just do it the year after that, then I'll just, I'll just put it off. I'm a really good procrastinator. After everything I've said, I'm a really good procrastinator. So if I can procrastinate to the end of my life, which apparently I don't have in this hypothetical, then I'm never going to do those things that I want to do. The only benefit that I could see living forever would be that I'm going to invest large amounts of money into companies that I see will be huge in 100 years. Then by that time, I would have made so much money that I would be Back to where we're talking about right now, which is what would I do if I had enough money to not work again? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I just told you, but then I'm, you know, it's just, it's a terrible vicious cycle. So at least I know that if I, if and when that I do not, if, but when I do die, then the things that I've set myself to do, those goals were, whether I met them or not, were set with some sort of intent what about you, though? Would you want to live forever? Because it sounds like you do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 
I I don't like the the notion of just accepting death. I I think that's kind of silly personally. Um not not in terms of what you said, but like pe- how people are just like, yeah, you die. Like that's a normal thing and that you know, we should we should accept that. Like no. Absolutely not. Uh Yeah, I as long as like my companion could you know be the same it kind of sucked to do this thing alone but um as long as i could have my player too yeah i would do it i think you would always have something to strive for you'd always have something to work towards and whether it's learning another language or um traveling or whatever like i'm pretty sure i could fill a lot of time a lot a lot of time Quentin, I've watched enough movies where the archenemy, who is immortal, says that life is very lonely when he lives forever. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> and also, the archenemy in this in this in these stories also have like a, a abundance of money, so it's not a money issue. It's very lonely. And even if you do have your player two with you at all times, all your other uh, NPCs and all the other people that are surround you whether they affect you directly or indirectly they're gone unless you're talking about a world where everybody lives forever i mean that that's a different story and that's a whole another topic that might lead us for another half an hour but at least for me specifically and for my and for my significant other i still think it would be very very sad all of our friends die all of them forever and we don't we go to so many funerals and see the end of life for these people and we don't we they never get to mourn us we always have to mourn them and i think having a life filled with death year after year after year even though i was able to learn 30 different languages that doesn't that to me that doesn't outweigh the burden of having to deal with the moral quandary of basically, you know, you know, uh, spitting in the eye of, of mother nature. I'd be curious, like in that kind of situation, how long it would take you for to become like jaded and not like want to go to funerals and stuff and be like, yeah, this guy died, whatever. Like SSDD. And that's that's what I'm saying. I never, I never want to be jaded. I don't know. I think it would take maybe like a hundred years because, you know, we're an average human of, of, of today's standards living in in the Western hemisphere with the privilege that you and I both have. Uh, what we can live to like comfortably 80, 90 about that. But then after an additional hundred years past that, that's when I, I think it would be like, Oh, someone else died. Oh, someone else died. Oh, someone else died. <laughs> because it's it's getting to that now, you know. And Anthony Bourdain, uh, R.I.P. He committed suicide. Yeah, he he's the pre, yeah, the um, the face of you know all these cooking shows and stuff like that. But he's another celebrity that died. And you know, when I found that out, the first thought that came to my head was like, "Well, there goes another one." So when we hear about all these celebrities that die, it's like. You know, they're eventually going to die. Mel Brooks is eventually going to die. And so it's just a matter of time. 
you know you know Neil deGrasse Tyson he's a he's gonna die and and it's it's just it's just one of those things so having that very flippant kind of idea because I have no like real connection to them that's that's how I think it's gonna be that I'm not mm-hmm. gonna have real connections with people because I know you're gonna die so what's the point well would your answer change at all if everyone was gonna live this world would be so different if everyone was going to live. If like, if we're talking that everyone would live, even if they got shot and got their head cut off, then this world would be complete chaos because people would be able to get away with so much. And what's the point of not breaking the law? What's the point of sticking to the social norms? Okay. Well that like, that's an exception that like the, the whole, like murdering someone is still a thing, but you cannot die from old age or disease. Okay. So there's still death, uh, from wrongful, uh, killings and stuff like that. Okay, fine. Um, I don't know, man. I think the idea of having an end date, having a bookend to your life and and call me sentimental with that if you want, but, but having, striving to that end to the best of your abilities is why it really sets humans aside from the regular animals that are out there. You know, because we have a purpose that we can say, I want to do X, Y, and Z before I die. You know, and of course we can't read the minds of animals, but I mean, I think because we can say that about us, that gives us that greater purpose in life to be able to uh, try to obtain those goals. But even if everyone was able to live forever, my kids, your kids and everything, it would get jaded, I think. It would get monotonous and it would be like, okay, well, I've got got another umpteen a number of years to 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 try and do this new task or try and do this new learn this new skill or get this other job because i've i've got all literally all the time in the world so what's the point in trying to obtain it sooner than later i think that's a very lazy way to live your life yeah i I think it definitely increased the laziness of people um I also think it'd still give people something to strive for personally. Like you're still having to, you know, make money, get food, that kind of thing. Especially if everyone's, if everyone lives forever, the rules of society would change. Like you're not going to be in that situation where you have, uh, you've invested in X, Y, and Z and you just have infinite money. Like the whole uh, notion of like a marketplace and stuff would drastically change. I think that, that would be just insane to watch but i don't think if you live forever like a lot of people would be filthy rich um i'm sure investments like you were talking about would pay off really well but i also don't think like i think banks would change their rules of like okay well if you can live forever or near forever like we're not going to worry about making sure that there's this available for you or that available for you or you know it's going to be harder for you to make money because we know that you don't need as much 
Like you don't you don't need to have this gargantuan retirement because you're not going to get into those, you know, golden years or wherever where you're going to be getting older. You're not you're not going to be in that situation, so why should we worry about it? Yeah. Well, I know that there is a community of people that are looking to try and cheat death and they're trying to figure a way to extend life and that is a science that is that is true and we're trying to figure it out whether it be through cloning and the consciousness of me goes to my clone and just continues on or if we're able to you know literally live in the bodies that we are now and you know be like vampires and you know just just keep on keeping on but until we figure out that time until we figure out what is morally right and what we can withstand as humans to see people die or not die. Until that time happens, we will be here to keep on questioning everything that uh, that comes through our, our brain cells. So, Quentin, thank you so much. I love these questions, and I hope you guys out there enjoy them too. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, through Twitter or or hit us up on Anchor. Um, Yeah. Quentin, how can people let you know about if they want to die or not? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely go through, for those kind of things, go through our, like, actual official Twitter and stuff. But uh, if you're looking for myself, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Xbox at Firewall. As for me, I'm on Twitter, LazyTechTony. All my other links through YouTube and whatnot can be found in the podcast description below. Follow both of us on Twitter at Still Recording. And I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we're still trying to figure out the feed with Anchor as they are our new host. But uh, we are going to be on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and Google Play and, and, and uh, po- Pocket Cast and whatnot. Uh, but to make sure and to guarantee that you can listen to the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash Still Recording. And we are there as well, too. But yeah, we'll talk to you guys on the next one. We're going to E3. See you later. Bye. Bye, guys.